Welcome back, everyone. This is episode four of the Midfield Battle. I'm your host, Roberto. And today, I am joined by the best Jordans that I recognize and not in the world of the NBA. I'm here with <laughs> who's returning after his uh, great performance in uh, week one. And uh, he's bringing a friend along, which is what I'm very excited about through this project. So, Isam, take it away. Yeah, thanks for having me on. First of all, like it's uh, it's fun to finally do a football podcast. I've been waiting for so long. But yeah, my name is Assam. You can call me E if it's easier for you. Like throughout this episode, just address me as E. I don't mind. Uh, I'm from Jordan, and you know I'm calling from Barcelona, Spain, and you know my favorite team is Real Madrid. So I don't know how that happened, but yeah, we're here in Barcelona supporting Madrid. And yeah, my favorite player is probably Raul or Ronaldo. I don't know which one. And I definitely say my favorite number is 16, just because it's my birthday. And, you know, it's the number I wore when I played football back in the good old days. So <laughs> the good old days, the good old days of Little League. <laughs> Damn, I thought you were a Roy Keane or a De Rossi fan, even better. De Rossi was goated, we can't lie. We cannot lie. That man was done so much for Rome. He did so much for Rome. Honestly, don't get don't even get me started on that. I'll talk about De Rossi for a lifetime and how much I don't know, in a certain way, I felt more passion from him than Totti, even though Totti is always the Oh wow. I mean Yeah, it feels like Totti it feels like Totti is like the the club logo of Rome, you know? Everyone thinks of Rome, they think of Totti. And that selfie celebration he did. <laughs> Hell, even the logo of this thing is inspired by the Rossi statue of the caution, tackle, and coming. That's that's where I got it from. Yeah, I was about to ask you, by the way, if that was, like, the logo was the Rossi's tattoo. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that is it. Cool to know. We could do a whole episode on Roma. But that's for another day because you could say sadly, I could say sadly. Today we're talking about a more elite topic. We're talking about something that... All unites us when February comes around. It's good to see the Champions League back after like a good three months, after the whole World Cup pause and everything. And some of these matchups, final level matchups already at this stage. Before that, though, we were talking about about E. You were saying, you were mentioning that you were in Barcelona as a Madrid fan. First of all, how is that working? And Isa was actually telling me that you were there like for a specific program. So if you want to tell anything about it, feel free. Oh, well, yeah. First of all, I just applied for like... A lot of international universities for my program that's like sports management and just eventually like all my options came down to either going to the uk or to barcelona and you know everyone's been going to the uk especially from jordan so i decided to be different you know go to barcelona get to watch messi play at least and yeah it, it paid off well i mean my program is fun i've done a lot of sports related classes I've actually had a sports marketing course with the guy who's now the head of sponsorship at Barcelona FC, the guy who secured the Spotify Camp New Deal. I mean, he was telling us about it in class. And then like four or five months later, he gets the job. And then another five months, the Spotify to Camp New thing becomes like real. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good too. I've been lucky to watch Messi, like uh, even though I'm a Madrid fan and, like I'd definitely rather be watching Madrid every weekend, but that's not really possible. <laughs> and yeah, I just go to every game I can go to. I mean, we're gonna probably talk about the Europa League, 
Barcelona United. That's going to be a very good game. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. That's going to be a great game, honestly, man. Uh, both teams have been performing so well this season as well. Barcelona, of course, on top of La Liga, unfortunately for you as well. And uh, United are showing glimpses of their old self with Casemiro in the midfield, man. This guy's elite. This guy's elite. Yeah, we've been trying to tell everyone about Casemiro, and he just gets overshadowed. So I'm just happy now he's getting the recognition. He's proving people that he's doing it even in the Prem. Tav said it last episode very well. Like, we don't realize how big of a signings are um, Casemiro and Ericsson as well. So we were talking about Ericsson's injury. Yeah, yeah. That was a terrible injury. Man. That was. I don't know how Andy Carroll didn't get the red card. I mean, he did get sent off. It was just after the Ericsson tackle. He's a classic Brexit player. He's a classic, classic little Brexit player right there. Anyways, off topic. Um, Champions League, right? It's back yes, now. How do you feel about this return and what what we could be looking forward to from round of 16? Yeah, Elizabeth, you can go first because I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. I'm a Real Madrid fan and we're going to talk about last season's Champions League. So <laughs> everyone knows oh, what I'm going to talk still... about. I'm still very pissed off about last season when we played you guys. Yeah, you guys had some history. Yeah, it was it was an insane run. Like I couldn't believe it's it. Recent history, Chelsea and Madrid haven't encountered each other in the Champions League since like a long time ago. In 2021 was the first time we encountered them. Yeah, and, we yeah. Played two years <laughs> in a row. Yeah, now I'm I'm certain if we beat Dortmund and they beat Liverpool, we're gonna end up facing each other. I am 100% convinced that's gonna happen. Could you see that happening? I mean, I could see. We'll get into, of course, Madrid v Liverpool and all that. And who has the edge? Could you see about Chelsea over Dortmund? I think that's a very close tie. I don't. Um, you know why? Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, injuries have been cruel to us since here. Um, we've lost James and Conte and Chilwell and Sterling and Pulis. I can keep going on, you know. It's a lot of people. And our midfield has been especially injured but now that Kante is back and Zakari is back and we have Enzo in the addition Enzo played really well against Fulham it's just a shame that we have Havertz as striker and Mount in the midfield as well those two really really stunk that pitch it felt like counterproductive for Chelsea but against Dortmund I, I don't see them scoring past us we've been very well defensively um Bad Yashili and uh Thiago Silva have been performing incredible together, but unfortunately, Bad Yashid wasn't selected because, uh, you know, he was not selected. Only Felix Mudrik he and not uh, he's not in the Champions League squad. It's only we only can only select three. It was Enzo, Mudrik, and Felix. You know, we bought Felix for six uh, months. We have to utilize him for six months, and Enzo's are like star player now and Mudrik's a hundred million dollar signing and we can't just put them on the like reserves and it feels really bad because Bad Yashil has kept a clean sheet in every game he's played our attack has been letting us down real bad so I feel like when Yao Felix is back he's back from suspension now it will add a whole different element to our attack and I think we can just slightly beat Dortmund I'm not sure but as a Chelsea fan, I have to support the team. You know, I have to, regardless of how bad the results are, I will continue nonstop to support that team. You're about to make me look bad right now, Isona, as soon as I mention Madrid. <laughs> because of that last line you said. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to go talk about Madrid-Liverpool real quick and 
an honest Madrid fan's thoughts is that we could just lose this and just get out knocked out in the round of 16. The only thing saving us is that Liverpool are pretty much worse than us somehow. Like we've been pretty bad this season. We're playing right now. The game's going on against Al Ahly, by the way. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like you're downplaying out. You, they're downplaying how bad Liverpool is, man. You're, you're downplaying. They're playing I so might be. awful right now. I might be. They're so awful. We're not going to win Champions League with this team, especially with zero winter signings. You know, apparently we got offered the Cancelo and we rejected it for some reason. And then, like two days later, Mendy got injured and he's out of the Liverpool game. So that wasn't really a good call, but. Yeah, it's just been a lot of the board. Isa knows he's he's with me in the group chat after every game. It's just like, well, what's happening? What are we doing? Why are we not buying anyone? Who would you have targeted if you're looking for any signings? You mentioned the, the left-back spot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I talked about Pedro Porro to Isa, too. He went to Tottenham. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Pedro uh, Porro. We have Bellingham. You know, we're interested in Bellingham, but apparently Bellingham wants to go to Liverpool. As, like, as far as I know, last I heard. And apparently if Man City, like something were to happen to Man City after those allegations, uh, Haaland is on top of the list immediately. I'm assuming for every big club too, but Madrid want him as Benzema's replacement. That's, that came out today. So I think Haaland could be here or, you know, he couldn't be here just like we didn't get Mbappe <laughs> or we didn't get Bellingham, we didn't get Cancelo. So... What are your current thoughts on Mbappe then? I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm curious, therefore, who do you have between Mbappe and Haaland? And you cannot just answer both, even though Madrid could. And uh, <laughs> where if anything changed with your thoughts towards him after this past year? Yeah, I mean, like, after the news came out that he rejected us and signed the contract with PSG, I think he was, like, the player I hated the most till the World Cup happened. <laughs> Yeah, and then when the World Cup happened, I was like, you know what, this guy is just too good. I don't care if he rejected us, offer him another contract, bring him in. I don't know how. You mentioned that City point as well, and I know Isa is itching to to mention something about about the madness that. Okay, so basically for Manchester City, it's been reported by the Athletic and by Fabrizio Romano that basically they have breached over a hundred and nine Premier League rules. Which is crazy to think about. Which one hundred and nine is uh, no joke, and uh, the PL basically denied them the right to appeal. That's what's been reported. I don't know if this is true or not, but we will see. But for now, what we're looking at, according to the sources that originally broke this out and uh, got it right, is that City might face point deductions and possibly even relegation. And um, it can be really bad for them because they lied about their financial income and their revenues over the last 10 years, not just like recently. It's been 10 years in the action, according to the sources I've read. I just don't know what to expect. We'll have to wait and see what The Athletic will continue to report. They're reporting daily and we're going to have to see what Manchester City do. And we're going to have to see what the PL says about it. Because right now City put an official statement saying that this allegations are false and they have like the right to appeal. And they will appeal somehow. I don't know. Even though the PL was very clear about them not being able to appeal. And we'll see what the final result is. But my question to you guys is, let's say the worst happens. Manchester City are relegated. 
and uh, faced with a huge, huge financial like debt. Let's say some of their players leave. Who would you guys take to your clubs from that team and why? One player. Let's just say one player per team. For me, I'd, just, <laughs> I'd, I'd take Julian Alvarez. This might be a hot one, but Ruben Diaz. I feel like Ruben Diaz Ooh. would be on the market heavily if something were to happen to City. Like I could see Bayern making it swoop in and just getting Ruben Diaz, sparing him with Delicht, Upamecano, Cancelo. I can see Cancelo staying as well. Yeah. What about Madrid? What do you think? Who do you think Madrid would go for Haaland? I think. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's it's they. It was reported today on Goal that Haaland has been like the Benz replacement for Madrid, and they're gonna try to get him in the next two years before like Benz's legs turn into jelly, pretty much. <laughs> what about you, Roberto? Who would you take at Rome from Manchester City? <laughs> the whole team, the janitor, I think anyone. <laughs> Let's see one player. One player. Kevin De Bruyne, you know, retires in Syria. I mean, all of this is fantasy because they're so powerful that is anything really going to happen? Like, really relegation? Going back to your dream question, it was reported, it says back in the day, that a year, a full year before Mares joined City, that he was really our 40 million target back when he cost only 40 million. And up until the end, we were trying to go for him. And of course, he didn't want to come. Though they say that maybe he had some interest because it was better than Leicester, maybe. And obviously, he didn't join. Then we tried to sign Malcolm from Barcelona. Uh, he was supposedly flying out to Rome. And we were on our way to the airport. And then he changed his mind last minute because he went to Barcelona instead and flopped. As he deserved. He flopped real bad. He flopped real, real bad, man. This guy is in Russia now, I think, right? I want to go back to the Champions League. I want to ask about Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich. PSG are probably still the favorites just because they still have Messi and Neymar. Like, they still have two great, great players. And you got got reported that Mane is going to miss the first leg too for Bayern. So it's it's definitely going to be like the two fastest players that are in the game are going to be out between Mbappe and Mane. And it's going to be a more controlled game. And, you know, that's where Messi and Neymar kind of shine in a more controlled position, more controlled atmosphere, more slow-paced game where they can do whatever they want. And, yeah, that's why for me, I think PSG are just going to take it, take the first leg at least. I saw them... Uh, live for the Inter-Bayern game earlier this season. Not that Inter is anywhere near PSG, but still, to see how Bayern literally had their centre-backs in the, the um, their attacking uh, half, still dominating the play, having their wing-backs that are really the true wingers of this team, that would be hard to contain. But Mbappe, and that's, I feel, where he also shined last time they they faced each other. When was two years ago or one year ago? And they're... Uh, two years ago, I believe, two years ago. Because he had so much space, and I could see the same thing happening again here. They're fast, and they can hit a lot on the counter too. So, what I'm thinking here, you mentioned a very good point. Their wingbacks, they have two of the best wingbacks in the world, Bayern. They have Alfonso Davies is rapid, and Joao Cancelo is insane with crossing and like delivering balls into the middle. But their only problem is they don't have a an actual reliable number nine. No disrespect to Eric Chupamoting, but like I think Marquinhos and um, 
Kimpembe or Ramos can hold them down. It's going to have to come from the midfielders. Could this be the tie that Musiala starts? Oh, Musiala as well, yeah. Breaking out even onto like these major European games. Like He's been doing it in Germany, for Germany even, but we haven't seen much, too much of Germany at the World Cup. But I think maybe could this be his chance to like stand out. It'll be an interesting tie, that's for sure. How about, do you both have Real over Liverpool, you want to hope? Or you don't want to jinx it yet? No, can I just like not make a prediction and not jinx it? <laughs> or should I say Liverpool and just hope I do jinx it? I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. I think Madrid went 3-0 in aggregate. I don't see Liverpool scoring and I don't see Liverpool posing any threat. They're really bad. No matter how bad uh, Madrid might be at Liverpool. Liverpool are on... A, different level of being terrible i'm only i might be saying this because i i hate that club but like seriously the way brighton the way chelsea even we were we're, we're terrible and we dominated them in anfield even though we couldn't score because kai have its place for us but their midfield is non-existent and their defense has been absolutely dreadful and mo salah and Gakpo are unable to score if, if like they're entire life depended on it oral players are just getting injured so it's courtois probably picked up an injury in training it was just fatigue because like every player plays every game for us but i'm expecting ceballos to have a good game though like against liverpool if he plays in any of the legs and yeah liverpool also have the second most chances created in the league in the prem so I feel like if they're coming up against an injured Madrid defense that's been shaky already with all the starters, that's where the, like it scares me. Because if they're having a good day and they're finishing the chances, then you know, it's, it's safe to say we're going home early. <laughs> I also said the same thing about PSG last season and about Chelsea last season and about Man City last season and about Liverpool last season. And we ended up winning it. So <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, maybe you guys are going to be right this one. That could be good. <laughs> if you had to pick one hot take, one surprise, one thing that you're uh, that you think is going to shock a bit of people in the European football through this round of sixteen, what would be that hot take for you guys? Isa, e, whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Isa. Uh, okay, um, I can actually see Leipzig beating City. Damn, going through over City. Yeah, that was my hot take too. I feel like. Leipzig are going to take it other than City because City aren't like their heads aren't in the game right now I just feel like they've been conceding a lot of dumb mistakes and if you can mark Haaland it's over for them you look at uh, Leipzig's defense it's very great and I think Leipzig can do well if Nkunku is back they have a good team in general and I think they might take advantage of City's weaknesses right now and possibly beat them I can see it happening honestly yeah, everything Isa said was pretty much facts. But the point like that I feel like a lot of people are overlooking is that Leipzig have had rest, a lot more rest than Man City. The Bundesliga didn't even start to like a month, a month and a half after the World Cup. Uh, and it was just like all these teams are now rested. They're ready for Europe while City are playing a game every three days and they're struggling to rotate. And even though they have a deep squad, but I can just see that rest coming in huge in that tie and surprising everyone that City are just out in the round of 16 immediately. I will give you guys your flowers. I mean, it's especially this last point. It's a, it's a whole long time debate, myth, call it whatever. 
well, these German teams, how, of course, they always have a, a longer winter break, call it that. If it helps them, does it not? Because are they at the same level of competition once they're back? Are they? But on the other side, you have these English teams, such as City, who have been going through the past month, ever since everything has restarted, of games pretty much two or three games a week between their Carabaos, their FA Cup, and the league games. It goes back to back, and sometimes they have replays as well. So it does take a lot out of a team, even a team like City that has so much squad depth. So they have a bit of their injuries. I just want to add one thing. We're looking at Man City, right? Man City are yeah. having injuries, and they're going to play four games from now until the February 22nd, which they play at City, uh, Leipzig in. And they're playing Arsenal, and they're playing Nottingham Forest three days before that game. So it's, uh, they're going to have to rotate like crazy, and currently their rotation isn't existent. They have no, they have no backup, uh, like left back and right back. Because they saw they got rid of Cancelo for some reason, kept Rico Williams and uh, Rico Lewis, excuse me. And um, they, I think the Arsenal game might come into factor. You know, I, I can see some like fatigue coming into that Leipzig game. Yeah, they could also pick up momentum from the Arsenal game. Like if they win that game, momentum could go their way, and like they head into Leipzig confident and you know just beat them out and win 5-0 in the first leg. But I feel like that's the city of old. First game, I think, is going to be the, the the important game. If Leipzig can get a good result at home, I can see them just sparking the bus against City. And then once Haaland is shut down, they have no like outputs, and we've seen that recently. We really have... So yeah, like against Tottenham, exactly. Like they haven't produced anything against Tottenham. They were shut down. And I can yeah, argue Yeah, Haaland had zero shots on target that game. Yeah, I can argue that Leipzig are a better team than Tottenham. At least in terms of another big thing that he said about uh, momentum, that is definitely true. If you talked about Leipzig in general, they're obviously a very good team on paper. If you talked about them the start of the season, I don't know what went wrong. They just weren't clicking, whatever happened. And then Kunku got injured, which was a big deal. Now, with all the rest they've had, even from the World Cup, and they've had quite a few players at it, they've been back five games, haven't lost, uh, drew a couple, have been winning, and they're even against Bayern, they drew their game. So they're they're looking good, better than before. And it's all good prep for such a big game. And you you nailed it. I mean, that fact of having the first game at home could mean a lot. So still, it, may, it seems hard to believe a team like City that's really so obsessed about, especially if this might be their last Champions League, if they're getting thrown out, uh, this might have to be their big chance and take advantage of maybe other big European teams that aren't performing as well as the past few years. The Champions League is up for grabs, honestly. Not every te- like Most of the teams who have, are in the Champions League are not great, except Napoli. We're, we're overlooking Napoli for fuck's sakes. They're so good, man. Napoli are just dominating. Is it too far fetched to say Napoli can win it? I can see one. I can see one team actually maybe throwing a wrench in their in their way, and you're not gonna expect this at all. I think Benfica can give them a hard time. They won't have to worry about the league because they're already like 13 points clear. So at least that's something to worry less about they can rotate properly their teams so it'll be interesting to see so is that probably you guys your guys's pick for the winner or do you have another name in, in mind my one word prediction for the ucl winner was actually italian 
like I don't know which Italian team because I feel like even though you know Milan haven't been the best, especially after that game against Inter, you know I was watching that. Yeah, and they couldn't really do much. Like I placed a bet on Giroud to score, and he didn't even take a shot the entire game. <laughs> but yeah, the Italian teams, I feel like they're st- starting to be on the come up slowly again, which is good for you. I mean, Roberto, that's for sure. The league is coming back up; it's glory days. Hopefully, yeah. There's a lot of teams as long as they keep the young talent, because all the teams are pretty much young teams now. I feel like in Italy. And if you let the Premier League bully you out of your young talents, your league is going to go down. So just try to hold off the Chelsea spending next summer and try not to let them buy anyone. <laughs> and, you know, the Serie A will be back on top. That's a big take. That's a big claim in terms of trying to stop Chelsea or even any of the Prem teams. Because just looking at the number nine voids, looking at United, looking at... Um, Chelsea, it makes me super hard to believe that Ossiman will still be wearing the Napoli jersey next season. Oh, no, 100%. I can see him at Manchester United if the takeover yeah, goes through. If the takeover goes I mean, through, if, if everyone's getting sold, I don't mind Real Madrid just swooping in, you know, picking up Guevara real quick. Oof. Isa, how do you want to conclude this? Who's your last team uh, to win it all for this season? That's how I'm going to conclude it. My heart says Chelsea, my brain says Napoli. What about you, Roberto? Yeah. Mine's very hard because I think it's whoever's winning that PSG Bayern tie. Maybe a simple safe. I still cannot tell who's going to win it between the two of them. Something tells me PSG, but we'll see. Time will tell. We're not experts, so we'll get the, the fun part of being spectators, as we were saying at the start for the World Cup, and see who's really going to take it away so it was great man it was great having you guys i really enjoyed it it was great meeting you and can't wait to meet you in person as well who knows maybe in barcelona catch a game there too yeah yeah man you're welcome anytime isa hope to see you soon definitely again soon yeah 100 percent. anything related to football i'm always in <laughs> for sure thanks guys